AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. Well, that was no fun in the grain markets. Most markets were sharply lower with improved rain chances in central Brazil and a sharply lower, or excuse me, a sharp rally in the U.S. dollar setting the tone for today's trade. Lean hogs were also sharply lower. But if today set the tone for the year in the cattle complex, there are more big things to expect from that market in 2024. Live from 2020, followed by the number four via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we check in with Pro Farmers Brian Grady and directly following the news, Matt Bennett from AgMarket.net. I'm a handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. All right, Davis. Hey, hey buddy. buddy. Hey, yeah. how's it going? Everything good? Oh, super terrific. Super Fantastic. terrific. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, it was just really good catching up with you this morning on the show. It felt good. Yeah, it felt yeah. right. You know? Yeah. 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 Everything's back to normal now. You feeling good? Picking it right up? Boy, I don't know. No? I'm not sure I remember what normal is. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Oh, you've decided to hit the reset. Ooh. Well, yeah, but not a great reset, you know? Okay. Like, okay. just kind of a, you know, sort of reset. Let's reimagine how this might actually go. There you go. Maybe yes. a little bit of that? The future reimagined. <laughs> Maybe Love that's it. what we'll do this year instead of pulling the future forward, which I'm kind of tired of anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, it's getting it's old. Just, right. You know, maybe, maybe we... We think about a bold new future. Hmm. A bold new future. Try to uh, change things up a little bit going forward. Huh, All right. Not- Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. <laughs> glad that you are with us here this afternoon. Uh, glad to have Davis back. Yeah, thank and you. Uh, uh, we'll be hearing from Matt Bennett here in just a little bit. But then Brian Grady, editor at Pro Farmer, is our guest analyst today. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the conversation with Brian. We, we've we got to start with what's happening in the livestock trade. Uh, Brian has a, a pretty good sense of okay. what is happening in livestock at any given time. He does. And yep. with the way that the markets went in opposite directions today, mm-hmm. the uh, cattle complex sharply higher, lean hog sharply lower. Uh, let's start there and try to figure out exactly what's going on. So sounds good. Able to hold on to those gains today too. I mean, that's, yeah, it's a it's a big day for the cattle. Yeah, it 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 really is. You you cannot ignore when the rest of the commodity world or mm-hmm. ag commodity world is under as much pressure as it was today for the cattle complex to close sharply higher. It's telling us something. I we'll we'll see what what Brian is hearing. Cool. All right, let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, Chip, wheat futures were under hefty pressure to start the first week of the year, with a sharp rally in the U.S. dollar index helping to put most commodity markets on the defensive. Front-month soft red winter wheat futures fell through the bottom of last week's consolidation and stopped just short of a full test of support of the December 13 low of 602.5. 
More headlines of attacks on Ukrainian export infrastructure were generally ignored by the market. USDA this morning reported export inspections of wheat in the weekend of December 28 of nearly 274,000 metric tons. That was in line with trade expectations. March hard red winter wheat futures today, 13 cents lower, 629. March SRW wheat down 21 and one quarter to 606 and three quarters. March spring wheat closed at 715. That's down eight and a half today, Chip. Looks to me like some technical damage done in the March SRW market, but the March HRW market, we've still got support at Monday's low, well below the market at 620 and a quarter. Well, the defensive attitude extended into corn trade. March futures opened at Friday's low and on session highs. The move below the December 29 low of 468 and one quarter accelerated the price slide with futures posting a low range close. It was also a new contract low close in corn futures chip. Uh, export inspections of corn weekend of December 28, nearly 570,000 metric tons down sharply from the previous week, but still in line with trade expectations. A chance for improved growing conditions in central Brazil over the next 10 days also attracted sellers to the corn market. March corn futures today, seven and one half cents lower, 463 and three quarters. May corn down seven cents, 477. July futures closed at 487 and three quarters, down six and one quarter today, Chip. It looks like that move through the 468 and a quarter triggered some fresh selling, not just long liquidation, but fresh mm. selling by some of the funds. We'll see what Brian thinks. Export inspections of soybeans in the weekend of December 28 were down modestly from the previous week and at nearly 962,000 metric tons were in line with trade expectations. Improved chances for rainfall in central Brazil over the next 10 days provided much of the selling incentive through, uh, although the defensive nature of today's trade, the rally in the U.S. dollar index and solidly lower crude oil futures all played a role in today's sell-off. March beans gapped lower and opened on session highs before falling sharply to close near session lows and at the lowest level since June 29. March soybeans 24 and a half cents lower today, 1273 and a half. May beans down 26 and a quarter, 1281. July beans closed at 1286 and a half. That's down 26 and one half chip. Product markets didn't help. March bean meal down six and a half bucks. Mm. March bean oil was actually up 11 ticks today. Well, March cotton was 106 points lower today, 79.94. On your livestocks, despite a nearly $5 drop in heavyweight choice graded box beef values, Feb Live cattle opened near session lows and rallied to close above resistance at the top of the two-week sideways trading range. February fat cattle, $3.42 and a half higher, 171.92 and a half. March feeders up $3.35 to 226.45. And on the snout side, after today's sharp losses, February lean hog futures are finally in line with the CME lean hog index. February hogs, $2.65 lower today, $65.32 chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Matt Bennett from agmarket.net. How you doing, Matt? Happy New Year. Uh, same to you, buddy. I'm doing good. Good, good. Man, corn, the new contract low today, it's certainly not the right way to start out a new year, is it? I was going to say, could we talk about something a little more fun here? <laughs> what a what a bad start to the year. Yeah. I mean, you come in here and you think, well, maybe a little bit of new money will show up. Obviously, we got some rain in Brazil, you know, but yeah, terrible day. Terrible yeah. day. Uh, it, to you be know, honest if with the you, new... you'd think we'd get some support, but uh, boy, I don't know. We may have to get closer to the report. Yeah. If the new money did show up today, it showed up on the short side of the market, yeah. and that is uh, – 
That is discouraging. That yeah, that's not good at all for the for the grain bowls. No, it's not. And if you look at the way this thing's set up, I mean, obviously from a stock standpoint, world uh, domestic, you just can't really come up with a real bullish argument. I mean, typically, you know, whenever you see a two plus carry that we're forecasting with, you know, most people think 90 million acres plus those things don't typically equate with $5 corn. So, you know, uh, expecting a rally to $5 in short order might be a tough task. Yeah. You know, man, I hate to get too bull, too bearish. And I hate to yep. get more bearish as prices go lower. Mm-hmm. But coming Absolutely. out of the crop tour back uh, third week of August, I, I said several times that with the way that the fundamentals are setting up, you give us a decent Brazilian corn crop, and we're probably looking at a $3 handle on corn. I wonder if yep. we're not starting that move. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to hope you got another shot at this thing, maybe as you sort out some acreage. Uh, but at the same time, Chip, once again, I mean, we've felt the same way for a while. It's very concerning to see, you know, if you throw 92 million acres on top of a 213 carry, boy, you know, you're going to have to have a, just a horrific weather pattern to keep this thing from uh, continuing to grind lower. Yep. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Later. All right. Matt Bennett, Ag Market. Coming up next, we are going to talk cattle, feeder cattle, and hog trade with Brian Grady from Pro Farmer. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And... It can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad you're with us on this Tuesday afternoon. First day of trade in 2024. And with that, I'm thrilled to have today's guest analyst, Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Hey, Beach, How's it going, buddy? Happy New Great, Year. Chip. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. You know, before we go too far, I should we should mention, and uh, I mentioned this on Friday, I had a quick conversation with, with Jim Wiesmeyer about it, but uh, Brian, we, uh, we lost a great friend, 
a great mentor uh, just before Christmas in, um, in of, of last year and, and uh, when Jerry Carlson passed. And I wouldn't feel right about going any further without giving you an opportunity to say something. Yeah, um, obviously it's it's tough. Uh, Jerry was an awesome guy, um, the friendliest guy you'll ever meet, um, yeah. you know, love love god loved his family and and that was before everything else uh and he was he was a terrific mentor like you mentioned um absolutely the best writer i've i've ever met um but that was the work side of things the the personal side of things of jerry uh was far superior to to his work side and his work side was uh you know just unmatched so right um quite quite the guy yep certainly was yeah the uh, the the comment that that I made last week was everybody deserves to have a Jerry Carlson in their life just to you know uh, for for that guidance and um, for that friendship and it uh, it's sad to see that Jerry is gone but uh, his legacy will live on for a long 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 time on the pages of Pro Farmer and. And Jerry was a co-founder of Pro Farmer with with Merrill Oster, and uh, uh, started Landowner Newsletter and several other publications. Uh, was was into regenerative farming before they even put a, t- a label on regenerative farming, didn't he? A- absolutely, he was. Uh, and I say this with you know utmost respect. He he was one of a kind, and and yep. uh, um, you know. We're, those of us who got to work with him were fortunate. That's right. That's right. All right, let's move on. Um, that cor- the, the excuse me, the cattle market today. Good grief! You made a great point in the note you sent over for the cattle market, the cattle complex, to be able to do what it did today in the face of the ag markets just kind of melting down all around them uh, was very impressive and something's worth something. Uh, worth taking note of isn't it yeah um you know when you get into days like today um you know start of a new year uh, you, you you know turn on your screen and and there is an overnight uh, price action in the grains but uh you know um dollar traded crude oil traded those types of markets and, and stuff like that overnight but uh then you get to daytime trading you well i wonder how the new year is going to kick off and woof it, you know it was ugly uh, for the most part, but cattle stood out, uh, and not that they just, you know, traded against the grain. Uh, they did it in a big way. Um, strong gains, more than $3 up in feeder cattle, um, you know, buck 50 to $3 plus in, in, uh, live cattle futures. And, and so, um, that that's notable, uh, to me because I often, I, I just kind of take the pulse of, of the, you know, commodity worlds and, and, uh, commodity world and some of the outside markets and those types of things on days like today. And, and, uh, to see cattle go completely against the grain in a big way is, is notable. Yeah. For the last couple of weeks, people have been saying, well, you know, with this cattle trade, maybe we just need to get to the end of the year, flip the calendar to 2024 and then see what the funds are going to do with this market. I don't know if today is a head fake or not, but if it's not, and the funds have decided that if they're going to be long ag commodities, cattle is where they want to be, I think that's that's very telling of the fundamentals in that market. Yeah, and I, I talked about the last time I was on with you, but, uh, you know, 
when we got to mid-September and we had that length in the cattle market for an extended period of time, so the funds have been long yeah. uh, for an extended period of time, and months and months, and uh, they flipped the switch to liquidation mode, and then it turned from, you know, oh, we're going to get out of, of some of our contracts, and, and then it got aggressive, and really the fundamentals didn't change. And so the market got undervalued and, and, uh, when it finally did put in a low, now we're starting to work higher. And then you get days like today and you're like, well, and maybe this thing's ready to rock and roll again and, and yeah. really push to the upside. And, and we anticipate that, uh, uh, the cattle market will make a run at the highs. It, it may not get to an, an all-time high and take out the, the one that we set, uh, last September, but, uh, um, it, I think it'll give a uh, make a run at it at least, yeah. um, you know, especially if the demand side can hold up. And I, I think that's where the concerns on the supply side. You know, I've talked about it ad nauseum on here, but uh, fully yeah. bullish on the on the supply side. Um, probably not as bullish as what it once was uh, because of the the placements numbers that we've seen uh, through late fall and, and early winter. But uh, um, still uh, bullish on the supply side, and, and the questions remain on the demand side. Yeah. You know, but if we take a look at this cattle trade as a North American market rather than a U.S., a Mexico, and a Canadian market, it's not like all of a sudden we're adding a whole bunch more calves. We're just putting them in different places, right? Yeah, just moving moving them around, and, and they're yeah. making their way. Both Canadian and, and uh, Mexican feeders are, are moving across the border. And, and uh, so, like I said, our, our supply situation is bullish. It's just not quite yeah. as bullish as, as what we once thought because of that uh, the movement across the border. But uh, uh, still, um, you know, so we should have a strong market, uh, especially early this year uh, in 2024. So, it comes down to the resiliency of the consumer. And I'm sure that this gets into some of the other issues that you wanted to talk about with the economy and everything, but they've proven awfully resilient in the past through some tough economic conditions when it comes to their willingness to buy beef. Yeah. And the American consumer, we let's be honest. uh, um, While there's food shortages and in a small faction of people in the united states um you know we like to eat and uh mm-hmm. um you know we when we have disposable income we like to eat uh high-end meats and and uh beef being right at the top of that list and and mm-hmm. uh so uh you know we'll, we'll see how it all plays out uh my concerns aren't as much on the domestic side of things with uh demand it's more on the export side and uh, we struggled, and, okay. and the expectations are that uh, they'll decline again as we move through 2024 here. But uh, uh, so that that's probably the bigger issue. Okay. All right. So demand is the wild card. We the supply side of the 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 market really hasn't changed much. It it is the demand side that will be the wild card through 2024. Lean hogs. Well, at least we got that February contract down in line with the with with the lean hog cash index now. Beach. Uh, after a $2.65 drop. What do you think? Yeah, so the hogs, uh, you know, I, I think there's 
memories of of last year when it took forever seemingly to to put in the seasonal low yeah. in the hog market and uh the cash market and and uh so um I, I think that there's some concern there um so we'll have to see the cash market isn't falling sharply uh but it's bleeding um and we need to get the bleeding stopped and put in a low in the cash index and when the low in the cash index comes then i think we restore buyer interest in the futures and in the seasonalities play out and, and more than any other market that i cover uh the seasonalities and hogs still um hold true uh, some of the other markets that used to have the seasonalities, they've been skewed somewhat uh, yeah. over the past 10, 15 years. But the hogs still, you know, you, you mark your seasonal high somewhere around midsummer. Uh, you mark your seasonal low late fall, early winter time frame. Some years that bleeds into late winter. Um, last year it was uh, early spring before we put in the low. And, and so yeah. um, you, you do have some shifts there. But uh, for the most part, uh, I think that that'll hold true. Um, the biggest thing is that the slaughter numbers to, you know, USDA made major revisions in the H and P report, um, yeah. on the, uh, the supply side of things. And, and, uh, uh, they went back more than a year, uh, on the revisions. Yeah. And, and so now I think the, there's some concern about, okay, so USB USDA has been undercounting for this long. Uh, is there an issue with the the methodology and those types of things. And, and the uncertainty might drive just a lack of willingness to be buyers uh, until we do see the, uh, the cash fundamentals for turn around in that market. Gotcha. And now we've got to factor in full implementation of prop 12. Absolutely. So um, with the flip of the calendar um, prop 12, uh, you know, uh, they, they had the uh, the leeway on the pork supplies that were already in the uh, supply chain, but uh, now, uh, they have to be compliant uh, with the flip of the calendar to 2024. Yeah, and the premium that is being paid out there is not all that much of a premium, four, 440 or something like that? Yeah, uh, so we'll see how it all plays out. And there's other yeah. states. I, I think it's like 17 other states have similar laws to that now. Man, here we go. Uh, it, it, uh, you know what? I don't even want to get started. Not enough time. <laughs> Not enough time, Chip. We're going to move on. All right. We're in the middle of a conversation with Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. We'll go over to the grains next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. 
Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Let's go to the markets page at ProFarmer.com and check today's closes. Where March hard red winter wheat futures were 13 cents lower at 6.29. March SRW wheat down 21 and one quarter to 6.06 and three quarters. March corn futures were seven and one half cents lower, 4.63 and three quarters. May corn down seven, 4.77 at the close. March soybeans 24 and one half cents lower, 12.73 and a half. May beans down 26 and one quarter to 12.81. March cotton 106 points lower, 79.94. On your livestock's February fat cattle $3.42 and a half higher, 171.92 and a half. March feeders up 335 to 226.45. And February lean hog futures $2.65 lower. At 6532, get more market news every market day at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, yeah, for the first live uh, PM edition of Agritalk, our guest analyst today is Brian Grady. He is the editor at Pro Farmer. Brian, in the last segment, we were talking about some of the some of the uh, flow of the fund money and how it might be moving into livestock markets, the the cattle trade. Can a day like today tell us anything about how the funds are thinking about grain trade for the year ahead? I think that one day can tell us a whole lot, to be honest with you. It's not a good signal, uh, price action today in, as a whole. But uh, uh, now, if this continues tomorrow and uh, Thursday and Friday and, and we have a big down week here to, to kick off the new year, yeah. um, then, you know, the, then there's more red flags, I think, on that front. But uh, I, I wouldn't read a whole lot into it. Uh, you know, I, soybeans and, and meal were the, the clear price leaders to the downside today in the, in the grain and soy markets. Uh, we got involved actively late in the session. Um, but I, I, I think the soybean price pressure um, had as much to do with, uh, you know, just the Brazilian weather and, and it's a yeah. classic weather market right now. And it, it probably rained more than, than what it was supposed to in some of those central and Northeast areas of Brazil over the holiday weekend. And then the forecast looks like it offers more, especially in the Northern areas there. And, and, uh, so that provided some fundamental, uh, pressure. My concern on, on soybeans is that, uh, they were still, the funds, uh, were still long a little bit, uh, as of the last report, uh, CFTC report on December 26th. So a week ago today, that, that data is as of, uh, they're now short in soybeans. I can't see any way that they, they haven't moved to a short position there. Okay. And, and then the question becomes, well, uh, 
they flip from long to short. Now, are they going to build a short position and, and uh, how aggressively will they, if that's what they do? And, and so uh, that's the big concern there. Uh, from a technical standpoint, the market broke down today, uh, gap lower and, and just continue to extend losses. And, and so that's a, a concern as well on, on that front. So we'll have to watch it, but the, the price action in the next couple of days uh, is going to be critical, I think, to, to see how, we actually start the new year. Today's just one trading session, right. um, but but how this first week wraps up. Yeah, yeah, and and historically, it does tell us something. Uh, it, it's not like we're just saying, yeah, everybody's in a bad mood at the start of the year. It, if everybody's in a bad mood at the start of the year, it can influence how the market is going to trade, right? At, at least through the first quarter, uh, until we start getting more serious about figuring out the next big supply side issue and that's acres. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think right now that when you look at uh, just the stock market uh, in comparison to commodities, uh, stocks are overvalued versus commodities, which, or the flip of that is commodities are undervalued versus stocks or whatever. But I think it's going to take some kind of a bullish catalyst uh, to really flip the switch and, and say, Hey, you know what? Uh, we need to start buying these commodities yeah. in whole. And, uh, you know, the, the Brazilian soybean situation um, hasn't been that that catalyst uh, because right. the, the market seemingly ignored it. And, and part of that, I already mentioned it, but it's a weather market. And, and so yep. the, the latest forecast is what they decide to trade right, wrong or indifferent. I mean, you you right. can go crazy and broke and everything else trying to fight it. But when when the market <laughs> decides uh, that, that the weather forecast is bearish, you get days like today. And, uh, you know, if you're on the wrong side of it, uh, you're not going to be a winner. You're going to have to, to really have some, uh, um, you know, strong will to, to yeah. withstand that. Yep. Yep. Well, today we've got the Dow off about 70, 75 points. Uh, the last I saw in the NASDAQ down almost 2%, you know, more than, more than 300 points in the NASDAQ. The S&P was off about uh, not quite a percent. Uh, the last time that I looked, but as of right now, there's way more incentive for that investment money to trade into the equities and to trade even on some of the treasuries, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and so, uh, you know, we'll have to, to watch all that uh, because the money flow, we talk about money yeah. flow a lot, but uh, the, the money flow is the one critical element that, uh, um, you know, when when the fundamentals say one thing and the technicals say one thing and but it's it's the money flow um yeah. you know where am i willing to put my money as an investor and uh you know when we look at the screens today it's not commodities here to in the first trading day of the new year right right it and it it, it will be interesting to see if that attitude changes and it'll be it'll, it'll probably be a supply side issue uh uh, Dr. Michael Cordonier took another 2 million ton off his Brazilian bean crop. The problem is if you take 2 million tons off the Brazilian bean crop, you're probably adding something to Argentina, something to Paraguay, something to Uruguay, something to Bolivia. And the total supply out of South America really hasn't changed all that much. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Brazil obviously is the, the key down there, but, yeah. uh, like you mentioned, those other countries count and, and, uh, 
Um, you know, it's, it's almost the flip of, of last year where Argentina just, you know, the crop was ravaged by drought and, and, uh, had its issues and, and, you know, like lowest production number in the, of the century and, uh, Brazil record crop. And, and you kind of flip the script this year, the, the deal is that Brazil produces a whole heck of a lot more than Argentina does. So when you more than have Argentina's crop last year, uh, it, you yeah. can make up for some of that with the Brazilian production. You aren't going to to even come close to having the the Brazilian production right. this year. I mean, right. you know, the the 151 million tons that that Michael has as his estimate, and, and there are others there in that low one 150 range right now. Um, you know, keep everything in context. Um, that's still a lot of soybeans, and and so, um, you know, I I think that that's the biggest thing right now is that the the, the country that uh, can, quote unquote, afford to lose um, some production is losing some production and, and uh, we'll see how bad it is. I, the, the smallest number I've seen is 130 million tons. And, and that's kind of like crazy talk at this point in time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, nobody really believes it. And that's why the market hasn't traded right. it. Uh, I think the market's pretty comfortable right now in that lower 150 million ton range. Gotcha. gotcha. Let's talk about U.S. acres. The last time you were on, you were thinking about corn acres down about four million from a year ago. Is that still in the the the, the uh, focus for you? Yeah, uh, we haven't really seen anything that uh, would change that uh, yet, uh, and and it'll be fluid all the way into springtime. Uh, so we'll have to see. Uh, you know, if we see uh, soybeans just you know, continue to give up here and, and roll over and, and have more days like they did today, and and the you know the technicals break down and the price structure breaks down and all that stuff well then then we're probably going to to shift some um up a little bit on corn and, and down a little bit on soybeans from what we we're thinking but uh um you know it, it hasn't really changed a whole lot from that perspective uh still be fluid like i said into springtime yeah yeah friday on the free-for-all with Wiesmeyer and haney uh we talked about your selections for the story of the year event of the year and uh and persons of the year that being the supreme court of the united states but your story of the year was uh biofuels and a resurgence in that story seems like that might be a front runner for the story of the year again this year yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, um, this week's issue of Pro Farmer is going to have, you know, key key ag issues uh, for the year ahead and, and things like that. And, and SAF, uh, Sustainable Aviation Fuel, is uh, um, definitely one of those things. And, and uh, soy oil, obviously, is a, a major player in that. Um, but whether or not corn-based ethanol uh, becomes eligible for those credits uh, I, I think will be a, a key and we'll get that decision in, in March. Uh, at least that's what's scheduled. And um, so we'll have to see, but uh, uh, it, it looks like corn-based ethanol will qualify. And, and so, um, like you said, it, it was a story of the year last year and it potential to roll into this year and, and uh, be a front runner for, for the story of the year. Now, with that said, we have another 364 days ahead of us uh, <laughs> and almost assuredly something uh, will happen and, and something will come up and, and, you know, we, we have those, uh, types of things that, 
that have a big macro impact in, in those uh, types that have a tendency to be the, the stories. But uh, right. we'll, we'll have to see uh, where they go. But uh, definitely SAF is is huge, uh, not only for the uh, the soy industry, uh, but now uh, it looks like corn-based ethanol as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, soybeans crushed in November. I think it came in right at 200 million bushels, right? Absolutely. So right in line with expectations. Uh, and that data was just out uh, at two o'clock and, and yeah. um, second time only uh, behind the all time record of uh, 201.4, I think it was million bushels in October. Uh, so, um, you know, we're, we're starting to see that uh, the crush pace um, be reflective of that extra demand that we have for the soy oil because of the SAF and, and uh, renewable diesel. and Boy, and those guys that have got a new crush facility in their neighborhood have, have got to adjust their thinking when it comes to basis, don't they? Absolutely. And and we saw a bunch of the, the additions and, and uh, new plants and, and those types of things in some of the what has historically been the weaker areas for soybean basis. Yeah. And, and so um, that has an impact, you know, the, the western, Definitely. far western uh, Corn Belt. Definitely. Good stuff, Brian. Have a great year. Absolutely. You too, Chip. All right, man. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Okay. Um, We've got a few other thoughts. I wonder if Davis has got any predictions for 2024. I'll find out next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. And welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Thanks for listening this afternoon. Your pal Davis Michelson here with Chip Flory. Mm-hmm. Uh, good show today. Really good show. Good okay. conversation with uh, with Brian Gray today. Hey, you know what? I I played my Christmas break tune for the yeah. for the for the morning show. Yeah, but I don't. Do you think everybody was listening? Maybe I don't everybody know. heard it. Maybe everybody heard it. Well, all right. I missed you, beloved listeners. 
um, and to express and to let you know what I was doing, I've, I've written a song while I was on vacation. I call it the first day after Christmas, uh, but it comes with a little twist by the end. I, uh, I hope you enjoy the first day after Christmas. I lost track of the time with the tinsel and the mistletoe Having a fine time, big days ahead But first, a long nap on the couch So I set up the train, hung a sock on a nail And I looked through the cards people sent in the mail It all felt pretty good, and as far as I knew It was the first day after Christmas That's all that I knew I'm not sure about Spent more time inside than out Farm Journal Broadcast Gotta get back, shape it up a little Get the story straight from the front through the middle Put down the eggnog, hold on to your cheer Top off the coffee, forget the reindeer This is 2024 and who knows what it's for But we'll find out together It's the first day after New Year's Happy New Year's, everyone. It Happy is the New first Year's. day after New Year's Day. Uh, you know, Chip, infinite possibilities is what yeah. it feels like. You know? Yeah. What do you got and- planned? Oh, nothing. No. No. no, nothing major. But the possibility of something major is there. You are you know what open I mean? to all the opportunities as they come along. I don't know about about all opportunities. No, <laughs> no. This is not going to be the year of yes to everything. Did you ever see that okay. movie where he's like, he says yes to everything and everything yeah. sort of works out for him? Have you ever tried yeah. it? You ever try it? <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's a terrible, terrible idea. That yeah, doesn't yes. work. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been there. I've done yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It doesn't need to be that way. I don't know. Looking ahead. Well, you know, I I guess it's hard for me not to think like sort of professionally, you know, with my landowner hat on. I thought we had mm-hmm. a a really eye-opening conversation this morning uh, with Dr. Jim Minter talking about the Purdue uh, Ag Economy Barometer. And some of the, I don't know, it, nothing really moved all that much, it didn't seem like. But I do sort of leave that conversation feeling like... Okay, we're we're beginning to see this period in the land market where we're leveling off. Definitely, we're not seeing the massive record-breaking eye popper um, sales like hmm. we did there for a while. Um, but certainly, I don't foresee us coming under any super duper pressure in land no. values. You know, but I, pro- I probably don't. stable through the through the first half of the year at least. That's as far out out as I'll go. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and the the cash interest rate market is starting to. Mm-hmm. reflect the, the likelihood of Fed fund rate cuts through the course of the year. Mortgage rates are down. Um, they are not down so much as to, you know, drive the next wave to the upside in in real estate and, and ag land values, but they're not the, the headwind. They're not the parachute that that they that they were even a month ago davis yeah that's right that's right so the uh i don't know land feels um when you when you when you look back and 
and how the market was trading coming off of 2013, coming into 2014, the way that the land market was. Because there are a lot of comparisons to 10 years ago, period, end Mm -hmm. of story, that make sense to what we were looking at 10 years ago. And we did see a bit of a setback in 14 and 15, but it's not like the market went through some across-the-board 30% downside correction. Right, right. No, not at all. So, uh, Also looking forward, um, I know the 2024-25 time period is a big weather period for you. You've been looking forward to Absolutely. this for decades, bro. Or fearing it, one of the two. I don't know how exactly how to describe what Ooh, I've been doing. I've been anticipating. Ominous. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> good word, yeah, good word. And, mm-hmm. And the the way that this thing is set up, um, there was some discussion about it over the over the New Year's holiday. The way that it is set up, with we've already made the transition to El Nino. There is already some evidence out there that El Nino is uh, topping out, maybe starting to weaken just a little bit. But as you look forward to the predictions and what the models are telling us for the second half of the growing season, we see the 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 exit of El Nino and another resurgence of La Nina for the second half of the growing season, maybe the last third, maybe the last quarter, uh, you know, but we're, we're talking about August, something like that, when mm-hmm. La Nina starts to come back into the picture. And if it continues to build into the second half of 2024 and and uh hangs around into 2025 that 89 year drought cycle that i have been talking about mm-hmm. or parroting from uh from elwin taylor at iowa state university then all of a sudden it starts to look pretty realistic don't you think i do yeah yeah absolutely yeah, so here we are. We're going to have to keep track of that. And like I said, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but I'm anticipating getting a, a final chapter written in this, uh, in what has turned into a long, long yeah. uh, anticipation coming into it. All right, National Weather Service 610-day outlook, January 8th through the 12th. Below normal temperatures expected western Minnesota, western Iowa, and points to the west. Near normal temperatures in the center of the country and above normal temperatures in the eastern Corn Belt. Above normal precipitation expected over darn near the entire country. All right, thanks for listening today. Come back tomorrow morning for Marsha Bunger from RMA.